Welcome to the Market in Motion podcast for financial advisors, presented by FMG Suite. Listen to interviews with the movers, shakers, geniuses, and innovators of the financial advisory world. Visit FMGSuite.com to discover more great resources and products to transform you into an extraordinary marketer and grow your advisory. And now, without further delay, the Market in Motion podcast for financial advisors. Hi, everybody. Mike Woods here, one of the founding members of FMG Suite. Today, I'm excited to be joined by Luis Rosa, founder of Build a Better Financial Future and host of the On My Way to Wealth podcast. Luis and I have a wide-ranging discussion about the CARES Act. We recap some of the basics of the act, and then we quickly move into what's happening for smaller businesses. Luis said none of the small business owners he works with received any money during round one of the Payment Protection Program. Zero. None. All of them. Shut out. So he's advocating all of them line up for round two, which is hopefully passed by the time this podcast airs. We finished the podcast with a short discussion on FINRA and its decision last week that said reps don't need to update their U4 if they receive payments as part of the Payment Protection Program. Market in Motion podcast, spread the word. Hi, Luis. Hey, Mike. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's great to have you. uh, You and I get to talk today about the... uh, well, the official name is the Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Securities Act, which is better known as the CARES Act. Uh, but I think everyone in Washington realizes that the Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security Act wouldn't float well with the American public. But the CARES Act, well, that sounds like something we should all get behind. So uh, before we jump in, though, I want, to, I want you to take a minute and uh, tell our listeners a little about your background and why you've taken a deep drive into this legislation that seems to keep going on and on and on. I think we're at round 3.0 at this point. Yeah, absolutely, Mike. Thank you. Uh, I'll give you the the short version. I was born in Dominican Republic, came to the United States at age 11, and lived in New York for most of my adult life. And growing up there, I was really not taught financial literacy in school or at home. You know, unfortunately, my parents came from... The Dominican Republic at a late age, they don't even know English. They, they were just hard workers and push education. So fast forward, I became a certified financial planner out of school when I started working for a certified financial planner professional and really just opened up a whole new world, being able to impact people's lives in a positive way. And now I am the owner of my own firm, Build a Better Financial Future, which is a fee-only RIA. I'm a solo practitioner. And I'm just excited to be here and talk to you about this CARES Act, and hopefully we can help, help some folks. Gotcha. Well, you know, you've taken a deep dive into this legislation. You've done, uh, I, I, you did a podcast last week. I'm sure you've uh, uh, had had some other experiences with it, either writing or speaking. Why, why have you taken such an interest in this at this point? Yeah, you know, this is something that I knew that a lot of people were going to come out and, and call us all advisors because all advisors, because it's something that, although we're not necessarily the ones helping them with, it was just going to come up because so many people are being impacted. I mean, coronavirus has impacted the entire world at this point. And I know for a fact that a lot of clients were going to be impacted too. So I decided to take a proactive approach, do a little digging, put together the webinar that was mostly focused on individuals. And here we'll talk about businesses for our particular audience. And I just felt like it was something that people were going to need. And, you know, who actually reads an 800-page government document? I said, let me just do a deep dive and consolidate it. 
<laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a lot different than the Secure Act. The Secure Act was all of six pages. This one was a little more right, <laughs> a, little, a, little, a little harder to get through. Uh, well, let's do this. Let's uh, let's let's. Uh, as you said, we're going to talk more about the business side, but I want to at least recap the individual side. Uh, I think by now everybody knows the the this portion. Uh, uh, individual who are eligible for checks, not eligible for checks. Uh, kids uh, that checks, all that kind of good stuff. Um, what have you seen with your clients? Are they do they understand the amount of money they're getting, or is it? Uh, uh, do you kind of coach them through it? I typically coach them through it. I get a lot of calls just plain and simply asking me, hey, do I qualify for this thing? And I think a lot of the reason for that is because the glitches with the initial rollout of the IRS online tool to check to see the status right. of your payment, a lot of people log in currently that are eligible and they just can't find out the status. The system actually says something like unable to provide you with information at this time and, and you're supposed to just keep trying. So a lot of people then wonder, was I really eligible now? And then they call me because I'm also an IRS enrolled agent, so I do their taxes, and I also ah, get those I, questions sure, <laughs> directed sure. towards me. Yeah, that that helps. I think the um, what was I going to say? Uh, uh, the the most important question I think is uh, when you're talking to clients, are they going to spend it or are they going to save it? That is a very good question. Well, I have some people who have been fortunate enough to not have been negatively impacted in terms of their jobs. So they're still working, they're still making money. And those people are looking more at perhaps either funding the, the Roth IRAs and things of that sort. And we're looking around planning opportunities as opposed to just saying, hey, I needed to pay my rent next month. Those right. that have been impacted, I, I do have some clients that have uh, gotten reduced hours. One of my clients got sent home with 75% of their pay working from home. So they're going to use it towards their mortgage payment. Gotcha. Yeah, I think it's uh, it is really an individual-based scenario. I think the you know the government would, in the ideal world, they want everybody to go out and spend the money, but that's just not that's just not practical for for many. Um, hey, right. uh, Luis, one thing I wanted to chat with you about is you know, as you've as you've worked with your uh, customers, as you've talked with people, um, how are they embracing the um, the distribution provisions in the act, the 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 provisions that say you don't have to take an inherited IRA money this year. You don't have to take a, uh, a distribution from your IRA or your 401k. Are are many people looking at that and they, do they want to use it or are they finding that um, uh, they've already had that money earmarked? What's what's kind of your sense? Yeah, that's a very good question. I, I do have a lot of clients that take their requirement of distributions typically around November and a lot of them just use it for either charitable contributions or a lot of them take the money out and use it for their Christmas shopping. So but they don't necessarily need it. So I've been having conversations with clients that I know for a fact do not need this distribution. So we're coming up with different ways for them to fund what, whatever they used to normally take the money for. If it was like Christmas shopping, et cetera, now that they're not required because right. two things to consider. One of them is the money coming out is going to be considered taxable income. Right. And number two, you're distributing from an already depleted assets because most likely that account that's coming from is already down because some of it was invested in the stock market. So if you could avoid not touching it and take advantage of the fact that you can suspend your distribution, then that's the conversation I'm having with my clients to say, all right, let's figure out where else to take the money from if you don't need to take it out from this taxable depleted account. Gotcha. You know, Luis, one question I wanted to ask you, are you, are you, do many of your clients, are they interested in doing a Roth IRA conversion at this point? Or are they, um, is that something that uh, you either are interested in or you're not? Is this, is, has the circumstance changed to make it more appealing? 
Yes, you know, that is a very good question. I think you have to find the opportunities sometimes out of a bad situation. So I have clients who are going to have a much lower income this year as a result of the coronavirus. So it's being laid off or having less income. This is one of the things that I will look at later on to see if, in fact, a Roth conversion might make more sense now in the lower taxable year. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is uh, someone who owns a string of restaurants. Definitely income is going to be down. Uh, asset values could be down. It is a little bit of the perfect storm. But uh, hey, let's I want to shift gears, though. I want to I, 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 you know, the individual stuff is interesting, but I think the um, uh, really the 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 interesting portion of this now, I think, evolves and is now affecting the business owner, which uh, you have and many of the advisors listening to this call have as very amazing clients that are trying to do amazing things and navigate some of these complex rules that are being pushed out and these you know they're we're hearing about you know how much how many trillion dollars we're spending and when you but we want to shake it all the way down to the actual individual so you know there were uh, I, I before we started the webcast I uh, the podcast I said boy this is this is great timing for us because we're recording this uh, a week before it's going to come out uh, next week, I think the 28th of uh, April. And by that point, we should have stimulus 3.5 package. Um, now, I, I don't want you and I shouldn't get too much into uh, inside baseball about what were really the CARES Act one and two and three. But this new act is uh, this new version of the bill is coming out. Uh, it's it's targeting businesses almost specifically it, it targets giving money to some municipalities and some hospitals but really it's a, it's adding another quite a big large tranche of money for businesses um so Luis, i, I kind of threw that out to you kind of to, just to kind of get a a headline are you um are, are your uh, of your clients been working through some of these issues with the with the money coming out and are they having much success you know, that's a very good question, Mike. In in my particular case with my clients, none of the clients that have applied for either the economic disaster loan or the paycheck protection program have been successful. There's been a, a massive stall basically, uh, not only on websites from the SBA to their private lenders, but even in communication, uh, there are people that have applied and just have not heard back or some get a very, uh, general automated saying, don't call us. There's nobody to take your phone call to talk about this. Just we're, we'll, we'll get to you at some point, you know, and, and that's been a lot of the frustration because the people need the money right now and have not been able to even get answers on when to expect it. Boy, you know, I was uh, my 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 lovely bride has an LLC, and uh, there was a fraudulent activity on the account. And last weekend, I spent uh, a number of hours on the phone with the bank trying to report the activity, but I couldn't get through to any of the bankers because uh, they were constant. They were the banks said they were overloaded with calls because of the uh, this legislation going through, and they indicated that it was an online process and you shouldn't call anyway because you should. Uh, we can't help you with questions. Are, are you getting the sense from uh, your uh, your your business owner customers that there's a lot of confusion, or there are they just not are they just not uh, getting the answers they want? Yeah, they're just not getting the answers. And you bring up a good point. The, the banks are already working on a skeleton crew. A lot of them have sent their employees home. And then mm -hmm. on top of that, you roll out this massive new program 
where millions of people are applying and now you, you just, they just don't have the capacity. So unfortunately you will see things like that where you would call even for something unrelated to these programs and you could be on the phone for hours if you, even if you get through it all. Gotcha. Gotcha. You know, and you think about your, your business notice, Luis, and they're, and they're, they're looking to get this money. What, what are they looking to do with it specifically? Are they, are they looking to pay their mortgage or their rent on their building so they can, so they can open up when the time comes? So they look at employees. Do they, do they share those intimate details with you about how, what, how much money they're looking to get and how to spend it? Oh yeah, absolutely. Every single one of them has gone for the maximum loan amount, which is very indicative of what's to come in the economy. If you look at, for example, unemployment rate right now, last time I checked, there's 22 million people that have filed, and I'm sure there are more to come. Self-employed right. individuals, a lot of them haven't even been able to get through to the system. Um, a lot of them have that option now as independent contractors to apply for unemployment where they normally would not have been qualified to do because of the stimulus, and they can get up to $600 extra per week. And you have independent contractors who are completely not having the ability to see their clients. So even when you think about it, you can have an Uber driver as a client. They get right. a 1099 from Uber. They're considered an independent contractor. They can, depending on where they live, they might not be able to go out right now and drive. So they have an option to claim for unemployment. They can also apply for the Paycheck Protection Program and the Economic Injury Disaster Loan as well as independent contractors, sole providers. Right. Can go both they can go both sides right um right. Do, are the uh are your business owner customers do they uh, uh look at it as a uh, uh is it something that's going to help the business reopen or how do they how do they earmark funds when they apply for it how do they how do they look at the money itself that they may get that they may get for their business yeah so the way i've been working with my clients before they apply I'll give you an example the paycheck protection program allows you to take uh, two and a half percent of your average monthly payroll, right? So let's say I'm working with somebody that is self-employed uh, and that has a cap of up to uh, $100,000 for comp total compensation per employee. But let's say uh, you apply for this loan. If you're a self-employed person, you do Schedule C, you just take line 31, which is your net earnings, divide that by 12, multiply that times two and a half, and that is your loan amount. So what we do is the rule says if you use at least 75% of that towards payroll, so you just literally pay yourself, then you can get this loan forgiven and the other 25%, you can use it for other expenses like rent or mortgage interest if you own the property that you work out of or utility. So you can, if you do it right within the eight weeks after the initial disbursement, you can get the entire amount forgiven. So in essence, it doesn't even become a loan anymore. You're just getting, if you use it properly, the whole point is just to stimulate the economy and keep people employed. Right. Right. Uh, uh, yeah, your tax background is showing up there, Luis. You understand? <laughs> 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 oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. You know, that I've noticed with this making of uh, Ruth House, they got dollars. Uh, Shake Shack, they got $10 million. Now, Shake Shack money back. Morgan Stanley put out a list, and uh, it was picked up by CNBC. Uh, publicly traded companies uh, managed to get from the Payroll Protection Act. The traded company could capitalizations of four hundred million, five hundred million dollars. I guess we should just file that under. Um, just because you can doesn't mean you should. That is absolutely right, and that's one of the things that I certainly believe in. And I'm glad you bring that up because you know a lot of 
your audience is uh, working with a lot of individuals who now may say, oh yeah, I have the option of borrowing up to 100,000 from my 401k under the new stimulus. Well, doesn't mean that you should. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. So we definitely have that, that bucket where, and that one will fall under that category for sure. Yeah, the, um, uh, and it's very interesting this year because you can take it, you don't have to pay the penalty. Um, you have, uh, there's, uh, uh, there's rules for how you can money back if you want to pay the money back. Um, we say, let's spend a minute on that one because that's an interesting one to me. Uh, it, are, how are people, are they, are they getting more familiar, more comfortable with the fact that they have a to pay the money back or, or do they look at it as they're taking the money they don't have to pay a penny, you know they're the find that boat they want or something right yeah and this is one of the things that i tell my clients to leave as a very last resort because it's similar to the requirement of a distribution situation we were talking about earlier if you take money out of your ira or your 401k you're now taking money from an already depleted asset so you've right. already lost money most likely if you were invested in the market now you're going to tap into it now which is a double whammy. And on top of that, uh, a lot of people seem to think that there's no consequence because you hear stuff in the media that says, hey, you can take it out with no penalty. All that means is that people under the age of 59 and a half will not pay the additional 10% penalty to the IRS for taking these funds out, but there is still income taxes due on that money. Now, you do have an option of putting the money back over a three-year period, or if you're not able to put it back, you could spread it over a three-year period. So there's some leeway there, but still, it's not like it's consequence free. So I will leave that as one of the last resorts. So maybe uh, self-employed people, for example, maybe look at the the disaster loan or the PPP program first and other sure. areas before you consider tapping into your 401k or IRA. Strikes me that um, a, a client may come and say, hey, I've got this option, I've got this option, I've got this option. Uh, do do they look at this as a, a real um, living dynamic uh, money making money decisions money making money decisions they're making at this point that they can they can take it from the four hundred one k this seems like it uh, uh, there, there's it, it's something that involves a lot of decision points and. Uh, a, Probably many people are not in that position to weigh and uh, consider all the facts as they put their thoughts together. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And this is where planning comes into play because there's a lot of opportunities out there that people can take advantage of if they are in a good position. And some of those are the ones that are automatic that you don't have to necessarily apply for. So for example, if you have a student loan that is backed by the federal government, you automatically can get up to uh, six months deferment. So what I tell people is if you can take advantage of that, uh, for example, let's say you have credit cards and you're paying 24% on a credit card and you're able to defer your student loan payments that you were paying 4.9% on, well, maybe you can reroute those funds to pay the higher interest rate credit card. If you don't have cards, then you can accelerate your payments during that six month period because you're not paying any interest on the student loan. So there's still some planning opportunities that, that people should definitely look at it like they, they don't have to be able to take advantage of the tax code, especially with these stimulus packages. There are things that they can do to still plan ahead, like we were talking about earlier, like maybe right. taking the money and funding a Roth if you if you don't need it. There's a lot of yeah, stuff it you seems can do like, to benefit yourself. Right, it seems like customers, uh, it seems like clients would come in at various points in the conversation and 
uh, they have to be walked through an entire presentation for them to kind of put the whole thing into context. Uh, they 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 may come in the conversation that they want to get a loan uh, or they want to apply for the payment protection program, uh, but they're not looking at it. They're looking at it one way versus another way. So uh, I'm, I'm sure those are um, those are eye opening discussions you're having with business owners about what they can and can't do. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and it's part of our job to just keep asking probing questions because you're very right. You know, a lot of people might come with just that, that one track mind like, hey, I just want to apply for this loan not knowing that there's an alternative. So for example, while we're on this subject, there's another program that you don't hear a lot about in the media that's part of the stimulus package that could benefit uh, either sole proprietors or, or people that, that have employees. You know, so for example, there's an employee retention right. credit, which is fully refundable. So if somebody that's listening to us right now, they have a, a broker dealer or an RIA and they have employees, you might want to consider the employee retention credit versus the paycheck protection program because that might actually be more beneficial to you. It's something that you definitely want to sit down your your own uh, accountant or planner if you have one. You can get up to $5,000 refundable credit for each full-time employee that you retain between March 13th and December 31st. So when you do the math, depending on the amount of employees you have, you might get a better outcome if you do the employee retention credit versus the paycheck protection program. So before you pull that trigger, because you can't do both, right. it's something that um, someone listening here should definitely consider if they have employees that they like to retain and take advantage of these tax credits. Uh, yeah, it is, it is a, um, the more I read, the more complicated it is as far as how I would get it if it's applying for a loan or if I was looking at a credit or really and, and just and then it comes back to uh, how much capital you have and how how much flexibility you have absolutely so Luis you know as we're as we're speaking here this is Tuesday the 21st we just heard that the Senate passed uh, 3.5 they call it on the stimulus package uh, <laughs> right Four hundred fifty million dollars, seventy-five to uh, communities, twenty-five million to hospitals, three hundred fifty million dollars to um, uh, the small business programs. Uh, that looks like it's going to be voted on. Uh, and when this airs, hopefully, uh, are you thinking that any of your customers, your business clients, been a little frustrated? Are they going to go back and try to? in on the financing or how are you coaching them how are you how are you pushing plus yeah this is a very good point you bring in so those that have already applied i make sure that they continue through the application there are some lenders who are still reaching out and say hey in anticipation of it being refunded we uh, want to continue to process the application so make sure you you so for example if you haven't filed your 2019 tax return and, and you might need that uh, if, if the numbers work out better for you for the loan, don't sit around and wait. Go ahead and get that done so that when the lender comes back and says, hey, this program has been refitted and your application is already in the queue, we're ready to, right? And if you haven't applied, definitely go and download the application so you have an idea of the documents you're going to need, payroll documentation, 1099s, things of that sort, and get the application ready. Because one way or the other, my opinion is that this program will be refunded you know, maybe not to the level we would expect it to, but there's going to be some more money put into this at some point, hopefully by the time this airs next week. Yeah. Yeah. Luis, what do you think? Do you think um, 
I guess it's really never enough, but uh, it w what was fascinating to me is when this law initially got passed, they knew it was going to run out of money. Uh, I think uh, uh, the, the Senate leader, Mitch McConnell, made the, uh, uh, the the plea right before it was voted on to change the number from two to six, and um, that wasn't going to happen uh, given the state of our current uh, political climate. Uh, but now they've got a new one that's going through. Uh, do you think this is going to be enough, or how do you do you think it's going to uh, lead to a a, a version four point oh, version four point five? Yeah, judging from round from the first round of funding for these these two programs, I think this is going to run out within uh, the, the first one run out in thirteen days. Yeah, this is going to run out in two weeks again. I, I yeah, it, because it's similar numbers, and unemployment, like we were talking about earlier, it's already up to twenty-two million dollars, and there's a lot of people that we don't even know about yet because the states right. aren't ready to process these applications. So, when you combine all those things, all these businesses that are closed, and the unknown outcome of how long this is going to last, people are going to go for this. Even if there's a company out there that doesn't feel like they need the money right now to stay in operation, just because of the unknown. The rates are so low on these. So first of all, you can get it forgiven for the most part. And if you can't, the rates are extremely low. So when you talk about, for example, the payroll protection program, it's only 1% interest rate on the amount that isn't forgiven. So any savvy business owner out there that thinks that they might have to uh, go through some hard times later on in the year, maybe even next year, it might even make sense to just borrow it out. Right now, I know there's some qualification guidelines, but for the most part, like our audience listening, most likely they all took a hit in their income because a lot of us charge based on assets under management, right? So naturally the stock market has been down and so will compensations for a lot of our audience here. Got yeah, I think uh, I, I look at, you know, it is as you read stories on CNBC, uh, Fox Business, it seems that it's uh, as we've started this process, it feels like union just gets keep getting pulled back as far as well, since we stopped this part of the economy, since restaurants aren't bring hog production is down and and the Lord only knows right. how this whole oil situation is going to resolve itself. Uh, uh, it's certain um, at, at some point, even companies that in the oil industry that looked a couple of weeks ago, three or four weeks, as the oil situation gets here, they may be joining of companies that are applying for these payment protection plan programs. So um, I think you're right. It's going to be dynamic, and uh, we'll, time will tell. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm glad that you put this together because this is still timely information that us as advisors need to hear for our own businesses and also for our clients. All right. So let's wrap up with uh, one final question. Let's, and this comes really of a fair plate for the financial advisors, financial service. Um, last week, uh, you know, the, the headline, some hedge funds were getting money from the payment protection program, which um, was, you know, it, it, it was almost as bad as the Ruth Chris Steakhouse getting money. And uh, I think they were, um, uh, it's it just, you know, it's just not, not the spirit of why the law was passed. Uh, it was definitely difficult to, but let's talk about reps who are running firms. What what should they know about this payment protection program? Uh, the uh, interesting news was that Finra last week came out and said uh, if you get if you get part of one of these loans, it won't trigger a U4 update, which which I thought was um, Finra was being rather um, 
rather generous in that interpretation that they didn't that individual to account for that. So what are you hearing as you uh, as you read about that, as you talk about that, as you talk in the industry? Yeah, I agree. I think that was very generous. And I was surprised as well when FINRA came out and said that it, you don't have to disclose it on your U4. That, that is very surprising. I guess uh, following the spirit, it was just like, well, I know that these guys all took a hit because AUM is down because the stock market is down. So let's just make it available to everybody with the smallest amount of barriers to that entry, right? So yeah, I would just tell people to know that although this program ran out of money, it's very likely that it's gonna get replenished. So be sure to prepare your applications if you feel like you're gonna need it. Weigh the difference between the Paycheck Protection Program and the Employee Retention Credit. If you are a small employer who has employees, one might benefit you over the other. Also, uh, these credits are incentivizing people who have small businesses to maintain employees on the payroll. So it's not too late yet. If you unfortunately had to let some people go, you still have until June 30th to restore your full-time employment numbers and still be able to take advantage of either the credit or the loan. So that's something to consider. You can still call people back and have them on the payroll. If you employ or not employ rather, but if you have a lot of 1099 independent contractors. So for example, if you own an RIA or broker dealer and the people that are part of your team are 1099 employees, contractors, they can go and apply for this on their own as well. So that's something to keep in mind. Yeah, I think it's uh, it, it's important to continue to apply, continue to take it to that. And I think the uh, what you're saying there about employees is true. Uh, the, uh, the, the spirit of the program is don't get rid of your employees, apply for one of these programs, don't put them on, keep them employed with you so we can, uh, that way it, you can keep the employee, uh, we keep off a million people who are unemployed uh, and uh, you know, all get through together. I was gonna, I, I think we've really covered a lot of, I was gonna say, did you close in thoughts or any thoughts you wanna leave people with as far as uh, how this is uh, gonna all shake out? Yeah, you know, I just want to go back real quick to you saying the, the spirit of this, because I really like how you focus on it. That's really what it's all about. It's the fact that this is designed for people to keep employees on the payroll and people to continue to spend money. So they're coming at us from different angles, from the small business end all the way to the individuals down to the stimulus. So consider the fact that this is exactly what it's for. So these are loans that could be forgiven. So in essence, you don't have to pay them back if you use them for payroll. The parts that may not be forgiven are very low interest rates. So it's 1% on the Paycheck Protection Program. And you don't even need collateral or personal guarantee on these things. So, and that's why I like the, the word spirit that you use, because if you use it for what it's supposed to be, you can help a lot of people out in your own business as well. So I would just say to people listening, iterate, definitely continue to apply for these as the system gets back up because i feel like by next week we should have some sort of deal and don't lose hope you know we've been through different things before in the past obviously it always seems different when we're going through it i'm old enough to have lived through 2008 i was in the business and it was it was rough absolutely but it's definitely survival so just stay up there and think of ways that you can become a more of an asset to your clients right now be upfront be out there giving information, providing people even about these things that you may not even be charging for, but people will remember this because you were there during the tough times.
Yeah, I think that's that's one thing that we we've heard time and time again as we've done uh, podcasts, as we've done webinars. That um, people will remember the financial advisor that reaches out and says, "How are you doing? Can I help in any way?" Uh, they 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 may remember the financial advisor who says who talks about it's a great time for a Roth conversion, but uh, uh, now's now's that time right. for compassion, and now's that time for understanding, and really now's that time to um, help people through what can be a really challenging time. Well said, Mike. Yeah, awesome, Luis. Thank you. Appreciate your insights today. That's great. You're taking a, such a strong on understanding this uh, program. Is that, uh, boy, uh, if there ever was a program to understand, it's the one that's uh, got $2.2 trillion in it and uh, 800 pages <laughs> long. <laughs> certainly, there's, there's certainly a lot of stuff there, a lot of material. So thanks for joining us today. Uh, appreciate it. And uh, uh, we uh, will share all the links out, and we look forward to uh, the next time. Thank you so much, Mike. Appreciate thanks, it. Thanks, Luis. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Market Emotion podcast for financial advisors. If you found this episode informative, please share with your peers and colleagues. Visit fmgsuite.com to discover more great resources and products to transform you into an extraordinary marketer and grow your advisory. Subscribe and get updates delivered right to your inbox.